Scary Murder is an independent project and is not endorsed by the Department of Defense or any military component. The views expressed are those of the host. The content of this podcast is not meant to be legal or medical advice. Warning, this episode contains graphic details of murder and is not suitable for young listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Military Murder. I am your host, Margot, and you will not regret tuning in today because today I am bringing you two stories. Yup, I decided to put these two stories together because they are very similar with very similar results. But one occurred across the pond in the UK and the other occurred in California. These stories will have you all talking. When is murder self-defense? Is it when you kill an intruder in your home or when someone has overstayed their welcome and won't leave? You will have to wait and see. If you are tuning in for the first time, Military Murder is about true crimes committed by military service members, veterans, or their family members. I know it's crazy to believe that true crime type cases happen among the ranks, but they do and I am here to tell you about them. Today, I am bringing you a story about two love triangles that went terribly wrong. I feel like half of my episodes from here on out revolve around love triangles, but I mean, come on, sex and life insurance has probably led to more murders than anything else, right? Join me today as I tell you about a British army veteran who barricaded himself in his home for two weeks in fear that his mistress's husband would retaliate and kill him and another story about two Navy sailors engaged in a battle for their lives when one man found another man in his bed with his estranged wife. Now, let's dig in. Let me start off with the sources for the cases I am covering today. For my UK case, I used thetimes.uk, Kent Live News, Metro Online, Downs Mail, BBC, and Simple News. For the Navy case, the heavy hitter on reporting on that case was Fox 5 San Diego, as well as the Navy Times, PopularMilitary.com, and NBC San Diego. Our first story is set in the UK, and it begins in 2017 on Louise Jenkins's 30th birthday. On this day, Louise begins a flirtatious text message relationship with 53-year-old Jeffrey Mills, a British Army veteran who served for 13 years as an Army chef, and he rose to the rank of acting sergeant. At the time of this story, he was living in Maidstone and working as a motorway maintenance worker. Louise and Jeffrey's relationship goes from flirtatious text messages to sexual in lightning speed, but it appears from what I was able to find out that they were not engaged in a regular dating relationship. I know, whatever that means. What is what is what is a regular dating relationship anyway? But in this particular case, it was a purely sexual one. So they often met at local hotels, particularly the Royal Victoria or the Bull Hotel in Rochester to engage in sex. And then they would call it a day and they would go their separate ways. This was all fine and dandy until early March of 2019 when Louise was confronted by 50-something-year-old Jane Mills, Jeffrey's wife of 34 years. Jane found out about the affair when Louise and Jeffrey were spotted on one of their weekly hotel meetups by one of Jane's friends. Jane was very upset and Louise was very scared, but she wasn't scared of Jane. 
You see, Louise was also married and her husband was her lover's best friend. Louise was scared what would happen if her husband found out about the affair. So Louise pleaded with Jane, please, please, please don't tell my husband. But Jane could not make any promises. So let's talk about Louise's husband, Andrew Jenkins. Her husband was 20 years her senior. So he's 54 years old and they had been married for seven years. And he's like a big guy. From everything that I read, I haven't been able to find the picture of him, but he's roughly six feet, about 240 pounds. Well, although Louise didn't want her husband to find out about her two-year affair with his best friend of 10 years, yes, you heard that correctly. Andrew and Jeffrey were BFFs for 10 years. Well, Louise decides to pull the Band-Aid and she wants to tell her husband herself because she doesn't want Jane to hold the affair over her head. Andrew immediately calls Jeffrey and he is irate. He said, you screwed my wife, now you're a dead man. The next day, Andrew wasn't done terrorizing Jeffrey though. He called him again and he told him, not only am I going to kill you, I'm also going to kill your son. Jeffrey was petrified. For whatever reason, he believed Andrew and he believed he was going to make good on his threat. In fact, prior to the affair, Andrew had even bragged to the Mills family that he spent time in jail for attempted murder. And it seems, you know, pretty scary to me if you know someone had spent time in jail for that, you know? During the trial, it is discovered that Andrew did in fact have a firearm offense from 1994, but he was never in trouble for attempted murder. It appears that Andrew was just boasting among friends when he said that he had spent time in jail for attempted murder. But you know, Jeffrey didn't know that that wasn't true. So what did Jeffrey do after all of these threats? Instead of calling the police to report it, he asked a friend to get him an illegal gun. When the friend delivered the gun, Jeffrey assured his wife, honey, 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 I need this gun to protect the family. Apparently, from the day that Andrew discovered the affair was going on, he began harassing the Mills family. Both Jeffrey and Jane said that for a two-week period, they practically lived in fear of Andrew. In fact, they allegedly barricaded themselves in their home and even contemplated moving. But before they could do that, on Sunday, March 17, 2019, Andrew arrived at Jeffrey's house with a knife in hand. He wanted a confrontation. When Andrew left his house that morning, Louise thought he was going to the store, but he had different plans. Andrew, after stewing over the affair for 10 days, he was going to Maidstone to confront his best friend. For whatever reason, even though the Mills family was allegedly terrified of Andrew, when Andrew showed up to the house, Mrs. Mills opened the door. Andrew was irate, shouting and wielding a knife. When he asked to speak to Jeffrey, Jane said, no, 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 he's not here. And she tries to close the door. Andrew wedges his foot between the door and the doorframe, barges in, and as soon as he took one step into the house, he was shot in the chest. Andrew didn't even know what hit him, but he turned around, ran outside, threw his knife, and collapsed to the ground. At 10.43 in the morning, the Mills immediately called the police. On the emergency call, Jane told the operator that, quote, Andrew is a nutter. He's been in prison for shooting somebody before. I mean, he's come up here and threatened my old man, and my old man is not the sort of block you'd piss off, end quote. 
Jeffrey quickly takes the phone and says, yeah, I shot him with the gun. I just pointed the gun at him and pulled the trigger. I was just fearing for my life. Andrew Jenkins was pronounced dead as a result of one gunshot wound to the chest. Hi, everyone. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I recently posted a picture of me with my kiddos at Disney in front of the Disney castle. But I posted it because my shoulders were looking on fire, defined, toned, and overall just pleasant to look at. So many of you asked me in my DMs for my secret. And of course, my secret is 4 a.m. workouts. But I get the oomph to wake up at 4 a.m. and work out from my pre-workout drink called Energy Explosion. My pre-workout powder was created by world-renowned fitness guru Natalia Melofit. I have been following Natalia for many years now. And in fact, after my second C-section, I hired her as my fitness trainer. And she also helped me postpartum with my third C-section as well. So when she came out with a pre-workout supplement that didn't cause any of the jitters and the crashing, I knew I needed to try it. Energy Explosion helps with energy and it keeps me going all through the morning hours. Because I take it first thing in the morning, which is when I choose to work out, I no longer require that morning cup of joe. This pre-workout has nootropic ingredients, which significantly help me personally with mental clarity and focus. Which listen, when you're juggling what feels like hundreds of tasks a day, it truly does help. And guess what? My listeners are getting 15% off your order. What? Yes, please. If you're ready to get the pump without the jitters, visit mbodysup.com and enter my code MAMAMARGO at checkout for 15% off your order. That's M as in Mike, body, sup as in Sierra, uniform, papa, papa, dot com. Add energy explosion to your car and use my code MAMAMARGO, that's M-A-M-A-M-A-R-G-O-T for 15% off. Enjoy. And when you use it, please DM me so we can talk about your workouts. Jeffrey Mills was charged with murder, possession of ammunition without a firearms license, and two counts of possession of a prohibited weapon. Jeffrey's murder trial began in September of 2019. At trial, prosecutor Adam Feast argued that Jeffrey used, quote, disproportionate force in shooting a man he didn't know was armed, end quote. The prosecution's argument was that even though Andrew did in fact have a knife when he entered Jeffrey's house, there was no way for Jeffrey to know that when he shot him. Therefore, Jeffrey's action was unreasonable. This was the entire basis of the murder charge. In this case, you have an armed man in another man's house who is yielding a knife and shouting that he's going to kill him, but Jeffrey, the homeowner, is thought to be the unreasonable one? At trial, Jane admitted that before Andrew's death, she and Andrew had met in a parking lot to discuss the affair of their spouses. And although Jane was upset about the affair, I mean, she was married to this guy for 34 years. I mean, I'd be pretty miffed myself. Well, she says Andrew was on a whole other level of pissed. He kept saying over and over again that he was going to kill Jeffrey. At trial, Jeffrey had no choice but to take the stand in his own defense. I mean, it's really difficult to claim self-defense and not take the stand. So what did Jeffrey have to say about everything? Just so you all can create a mental image of Jeffrey, let me describe him physically. I found a few pictures of him online and he looks like a guy who spends his weekends riding motorcycles with his friends. 
but like the really big Harley Davidson cruiser type of bikes, not the crotch rockets. And he looks tallish, although he's approximately like 5'8", kind of stocky, definitely looks like he weighs over 200 pounds. He looks like the type of motorcycle gang guy you wouldn't want to get in a beef with at a bar. It's kind of hard to envision Jeffrey as the type of man who would be scared of anyone, but that's apparently how he came off on the witness stand. Jeffrey said the first call he got from Andrew after he and Louise were outed, Andrew was yelling all kinds of obscenities at him, claiming that he was coming for him. Jeffrey described Andrew as, quote, a bully, intimidating, and at least four inches taller than him, end quote. After this call, Jeffrey claimed that Andrew put the fear of God into him. He tried to apologize. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But Andrew wasn't having it. Jeffrey remembers hanging up, calling his wife and saying, quote, he's coming for me, end quote. Jeffrey admitted to getting the illegal gun. In fact, he pled guilty to the illegal gun charges. On that frightful Sunday morning in March, he was in the bedroom when Andrew showed up looking for a fight. Jane answered the door and Jeffrey could hear Andrew's voice asking for him. His wife kept trying to get him to leave. Jeffrey was running around the bedroom scared and that is when he grabbed the gun. His body was shaking. He didn't know what to do. He kept thinking, quote, this is it. This is it. And quote, with the gun in his hand, he's thinking, just go, just go. He was standing by the bedroom door and then all of a sudden he heard the front door swing open and Jane started screaming. So now he's thinking, oh my gosh, he's attacking my wife. And that's when he goes for it. He goes into autopilot. He cocks his gun, opens the door, steps into the hallway and Andrew is right in front of him. And that's when he pulled the trigger once. Jeffrey was now on the stand sobbing like a baby. He said he didn't intend to kill him or even hurt him. In fact, had his intent been to kill him, he would have pointed the gun at his head and unloaded the weapon as he had been trained in the military. At trial, of course, Louise has to testify. She admitted that after her husband discovered the affair, he was a, quote, man on fire, end quote. And during cross-examination, the defense, of course, they had to make Andrew out to be an aggressor. In fact, even though Louise claimed she thought Andrew was going to the store that morning, a few minutes after he left the house, Louise sent an odd text message to her husband. She texted, quote, I'm not going to stop you because you're going to do what you are going to do. Whatever happens, I still love you. I want you to know that, end quote. After the police arrived to tell Louise about her husband's untimely death, according to news reports, Louise was heard saying, quote, I knew he was going over there to kill him, end quote. The jury deliberated for five hours, and after considering both a murder charge and the lesser charge of manslaughter, the jury acquitted Jeffrey Mills of Andrew's death. When the verdict was read, there was an audible gasp in the gallery. The judge even asked the victim's family to leave first because the judge was afraid that a feud between the families would erupt, but not so fast. Jeffrey didn't just walk out of the courtroom that day because for the weapon offenses, Jeffrey received six and a half years in prison. And the judge had a scolding comment for Jeffrey because instead of getting law enforcement involved, 
He took matters into his own hands, and now one man was dead and would never return to his family, and one day soon, Jeffrey would be able to walk out of prison a free man. Outside the courtroom, Andrew's ex-wife and his 23-year-old daughter spoke to Kent online. His ex-wife Tina said, quote, Mills didn't go to the police to say he felt threatened, but instead, when Andrew approached and got inside, he shot him dead, end quote. She was very upset by the message that this verdict sent to the people of the United Kingdom that obtaining illegal weapons pays off. Andrew's daughter, Lauren Lucy, said, quote, My dad is in a box now. There is no justice, end quote. So, True Crime Army, what do you guys think about this case? What would you do if a knife-yielding ex-best friend came to your house announcing that they were there to kill you? I mean, do you agree with this verdict? Well, before I hear from you about the Jeffrey Mills case, I want to bring to you a similar case from our own backyard involving three Navy service members, two currently serving and one recent Navy veteran. Our next story is out of El Cajon, California and began about a year before the Mills Jenkins case I just discussed. So the case I'm about to talk about was in March of 2018. The players in this story are Michelle Sethlikai. I'm sure I butchered that. She enlisted in the Navy in 2014 and she left active duty after her first tour with the Navy ended in February of 2018. At the time of her separation from the Navy, she was assigned to the guided missile destroyer Stockdale. Michelle was married to 24-year-old operations specialist, second class Anderson Lopez. He enlisted in the Navy in August of 2013 and was assigned to the Arleigh Burke class destroyer Howard. The couple had been married less than a year and they had a two-year-old son. Sadly, the couple had decided to call it quits and they were going through a divorce. But instead of living in separate places, they decided that they would continue to live together to make it easy for them to co-parent. But they didn't share a room. Michelle stayed on the couch while Anderson maintained the master suite as his own. And I'm assuming that the two-year-old son had his own room. News reports seem to indicate that during the marriage, Michelle began seeing another Navy man, 26-year-old Boatswain mate third class Dylan Poston. On March 6, 2018, Anderson was scheduled, Anderson's the husband, he was scheduled to work the night shift. Michelle thought it was a good time for her and her new boyfriend to spend time together. Dylan came over to the condo and Michelle and Dylan were asleep in the master suite when around 10.30 p.m., Anderson came home from work early. He walked into the bedroom to find his estranged wife in his bed with another man. Anderson became a madman and he attacked Dylan in the bed with blow after blow in the head. Anderson yelled for both of them to get the heck out of his house. Dylan was able to escape and he ran downstairs to gather his belongings. He apparently didn't want any problems. Meanwhile, Anderson and Michelle were still upstairs, probably arguing, but Dylan wasn't sure what was happening. As Michelle was walking down the stairs, Anderson kept roughing her up by shoving her. Michelle later testifies that she tripped a few times while going down the stairs. By the time Michelle and Anderson arrived downstairs, Dylan was fully dressed and ready to leave. But he didn't want to leave Michelle alone as he knew that Anderson had been physically abusive to Michelle in the past. 
Anderson was irate, asking Dylan why he was still in his house. Dylan told Anderson, hey, 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 I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I just, I want to make sure that Michelle is safe and I don't want you hitting her. Anderson quickly leaves the room, returning a few seconds later with a 14-inch metal pipe ripped from a shower caddy, and he tried to attack Dylan. Dylan did a quick step and blocked the hit, and the two men engaged in a scuffle. During the scuffle, Dylan took out a pocket knife that had like a three to four inch blade and the fight continued. At some point during this scuffle, Michelle got involved and she's trying to break up the fight between the two men. The fight only lasted a few seconds or minutes and by the end of the fight, Anderson had been stabbed five times in his chest, stomach and back and he had eight lacerations to his body. In the chaos, Michelle had also been stabbed on the leg. Michelle immediately calls the police while Dylan tries to provide life-saving aid until the medics arrive. Sadly, Anderson was pronounced dead later that night. Dylan was arrested at the scene and charged with murder, which meant if convicted, he faced 26 years to life behind bars. Dylan would be prosecuted by the civilians since the murder occurred off base. But the entire time, Dylan argued self-defense and he hired a very prominent military defense attorney named David Shapiro to represent him. The trial began at the end of July 2019. At trial, the deputy district attorney, William LaFond, argued that Dylan lingered at the apartment a little too long and after getting dressed downstairs, he armed himself with a knife because he knew there would be a fight. The prosecution even provided evidence that a few days before Anderson's death, during a text message conversation between Michelle and Dylan, Dylan told Michelle he was skeptical about going over to the house because, quote, I think it would be a big fight. It could end bad, end quote. Interesting because Michelle and Dylan, they're discussing what would happen if Anderson caught him at the house. And so why had they not planned accordingly? The defense presented evidence that Dylan had been punched in the head multiple times. And then moments before the stabbing, Anderson came at Dylan with a steel pipe. The defense not only claimed self-defense, but defense of Michelle. The defense attorney also pointed out that if Dylan intended to kill Anderson, he would not have accidentally cut Michelle on the leg during the fight. And in their eyes, this clearly proved that he was defending himself and not acting deliberately to cause death. The jury deliberated for eight hours and they returned a not guilty verdict for murder and voluntary manslaughter. After spending nearly 17 months in prison, Dylan was a free man, but he did not publicly comment as he was required to immediately report back to duty with the Navy. But his attorney, Mr. Shapiro, did have the following to say about his client's reaction to the verdict. Well, a lot of emotion, a lot of relief while still acknowledging a loss of life. He wishes the fight could have ended differently, end quote. So what do you guys think about this verdict? In the first case, Andrew, this is the UK case, Andrew was yielding a knife in Jeffrey's house when Andrew was shot dead. In the second case, Anderson was killed in his own house after first physically attacking Dylan with his fist upstairs and then with a steel pipe downstairs. 
These were both truly, truly tragic stories. Crazy how, in one case, a man protects himself in his own home and is acquitted. And in another case, a man is killed in his own home and the intruder is acquitted due to the perceived threat from the homeowner. Recently, I covered two unsolved cases, which I am sure caused you to pause and analyze your inner detective. Well, if you want to hone in on that inner detective, then you need to check out June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game that you can play anywhere while connected to Wi-Fi. June's Journey takes you through the main character, June's, adventure to uncover family secrets. Her first task is to uncover the mystery of her sister's death. You will be using your keen eye to spot hidden clues in the immersive scenes that take you across the globe. The scene is set in the 1920s, so it's like going back in time. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game, and I love playing while waiting for my kids at the bus stop. It allows me to clear my mind from the tasks of the day and to refocus on my mommy duties. What I love about June's Journey is that not only are you searching for objects, but you can join other players online in a detective club. And then you also get to design this luxurious island estate that is all yours. And if you have friends who play, you can gift each other trees, flowers, and other amazing decorative items. Today, I invite you to escape reality and immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Go ahead, download June's Journey today. Besides O.J. Simpson and Casey Anthony, I feel that acquittal cases, they tend to fade quickly out of the limelight because they're not as glamorous as convictions. But honestly, I made this podcast because I wanted these true crime stories to serve as cautionary tales. These are normal people, just like you and I. You have to realize that affairs, like in this case, they're, they're very common. So don't let yourself be a victim or a perpetrator. Plan accordingly, you know? Time heals feelings of betrayal but you can't bring people back from the dead no matter how many times you say you're sorry. In the first case, Jeffrey could have gotten police involved early on or the mills could have not opened the door in the first place. I mean, if I'm truly terrified of someone barricading myself in my house, I wouldn't open the door if they saunter over and ring my doorbell. I mean, it's reasonable to call the police. In the second story, there was a lot of reasonable steps that could have been taken but now this little two-year-old boy has lost his biological father forever. And for what? As per usual, while researching the UK case, I started chasing a rabbit hole. I learned something new and I wanted to share it with my listeners. Everyone probably already knows that the UK runs a pretty tight ship when it comes to gun control. They effectively banned guns in 1996 after their one and only school shooting. So crazy part is that this was before the 1999 Columbine shooting that occurred here in the U.S. Well, NBC San Diego reported in April of 2019 on the 20th anniversary of the Columbine massacre that there have been over 230 school shootings in the U.S. since Columbine. And that does not include colleges and universities. And this makes me so sad. Well, the UK ban on handguns explains why Jeffrey Mills received that six and a half years for his gun offenses. Well, in 2018, the London mayor decided that he was going to outlaw knives with a blade larger than three inches. 
So violating this ban could cost you up to four years in jail and unlimited fines. Additionally, the BBC News reported in the same month, April of 2019, that a large chain grocery store is aiming at removing all single kitchen knives from their shelves. Because apparently, when you sell one kitchen knife at a time, this is a hot commodity for thieves in the UK or, or maybe just in London. But they're going to continue to sell knives in multi-packs. And I, and I think that's kind of weird, funny, and interesting. Because I guess if you can't steal one knife, now you'll just start stealing a whole bunch of knives? I don't know. But there was a different store, however, that has decided to no longer sell kitchen knives at all. So isn't that the craziest story about knives? I mean, here in the U.S., I don't, you know, I don't remember the last time that I saw a single knife. Maybe, I guess. Yeah, I guess they sell single kitchen knives, you know, at like Target or um, Bed Bath & Beyond. But I mean, where do people go to buy knives now in London? Is there a U.K. Bed Bath & Beyond and do they still sell knives? If you're a U.K. listener, please hit me up because I really want to know. All right, join the conversation on Instagram at Military Murder Podcast and on Twitter at Military Murder. And feel free to email me at militarymurderpodcast at gmail.com. As always, this episode was created and produced by me, Margot, and all of the music came from tie-ups. If you enjoyed my crazy stories and tangents and you want more, please leave a rating and review. It only takes a few minutes and it means a lot to me. And also, I am going to start reading a few of my favorite reviews on the podcast, so listen closely. As always, remember, you never really know what someone is capable of, not even the person you sleep next to at night. So remain vigilant always. You have a great week, and I'll keep digging to bring you another military murder story next time. Shh, let's work on another podcast.